Hi, thanks for joining us on the Renewed Mind Life podcast. I'm Cheryl. And I'm Denise. This is the place for Christian women who are ready to experience the freedom that comes from trusting God with your mind, body, and spirit. Hi, everyone, and welcome back. I am Cheryl, as you know, and I'm here with my co-host, Denise. You know, this two-week thing is good for planning and whatnot, but it sure seems like I miss you even more. How's it been for you, Denise? Well, Cheryl, <laughs> it's been crazy in so many ways. You know, school year's ending. I teach seniors. They're about to graduate. I'm, like, overloaded with all of these research papers, like about 165 8- to 10-page research papers. So I've definitely missed our time recording. And I'm um, looking forward to us working together some more this summer. Um, yeah. I hope we can actually get that devotional published. Um mm-hmm since we've been working on that for a few summers now. Yeah. Um, I, <laughs> I don't want to get you now. all teary-eyed. Yeah, I know. Um, <laughs> but uh, we're both going to have some free time coming up this next school year since we're both officially going to be empty nesters. <laughs> How do you feel about that? I, is that true, though? Like, is it is it empty nest when they go to college, or is it, like, when they get a job? Yes. Really? Okay. Well, well that's when they get a job. Then. I mean, it's kind of bittersweet. It's like dark chocolate covered cherries, I guess, which <laughs> reminds me of uh, this last fruit of the spirit, which is self-control. And it too is bittersweet. I mean, I love it. We have to have it. Our lives are miserable without it. It's just so hard to maintain it at times. So today we're finishing up our series on the fruit of the spirit with the last, but certainly not the least, self-control. And I think self-control really is the most important fruit of the spirit. I mean, they're all important, of course, but it just seems that it actually takes self-control to live by the other fruits of the spirit. What do you think? Well, I was thinking that, you know, as I was putting this together for us, um, it's important to realize that it does take self-control to live by the fruit of the spirit. Walking in the spirit means not giving into our fleshly desires, which is our human nature. Um, It is our Mm -hmm. first course of action. So, we have to take a conscious effort to rely on the Holy Spirit inside of us to always allow us to live in, in the spirit. So we have to tap into that self-control um, so that we can have, you know, love, joy, peace, patience, kindness, gentleness, and faithfulness. So it's always baffled me that, you know, self-control would come at, at the end of the list because it's what we need most. Right. So mm-hmm. it's just it's kind of baffling right. that it would come at the end when we need it to do all the other ones. Mm-hmm. Right. Well, maybe Paul thought we should save the best for last. I don't know. But with all that being said, I'm going to go ahead and get us started with the focus verse. And it comes from 2 Timothy chapter 1, verse 7. And it says, For God gave us a spirit, not of fear, but of power and love and self-control. And our daily declaration for this podcast week is, I will practice my gift of self-control. I will practice my gift of self-control. I will practice my gift of self-control. I like that. Mm -hmm. I do. So the first thing we want to share with you is that self-control is a gift from the Lord. So we have it already. It's another one of those free gifts from our awesome God. Isn't it so cool how many free gifts he gives us? I love free gifts. So cool. I do. But you know what the funny thing is? Gifts gifts are are free anyways. (laughs) People say it's a free (laughs) gift, but it's a gift is free if someone's giving it to you. Have you ever paid for a gift? (laughs) You don't pay for your gift. (laughs) Let me buy that gift. (laughs) I know, yeah. so it's kind of funny when people say it's a free gift. Like, I never yeah. bought a gift. Right. Like, I'm going to buy that gift for myself. <laughs> That's what, <laughs> it is funny. We say that. Like, I bought this gift for myself. No? Okay. I buy my own gifts all the time. 
Uh, well, as you know, uh, we just shared the focus verse, 2 Timothy 1.7. Uh, it shows us that self-control is a gift to us from the Lord. In this verse, uh, you know, uh, Paul is writing to Timothy from prison, right? And Paul, who is old, right? And you would think that Timothy would be telling him to be strong and courageous. Um, but he's telling this young whippersnapper, right? Like, hey, man up, buddy. Mm-hmm. Right? Don't be timid and weak. The Holy Spirit's in you. Uh, the, the Lord the Lord makes fearless, strong, loving men, right? You got this. That's what this verse says, right? Yeah. Mm-hmm. And and so it's it's just interesting how, you know, um, Paul's the old one, Timothy's the young one, but the, the roles are just reversed of how you would think things would be going on there. Mm. Right? So yeah. uh, another way that you can see that self-control is a gift from the Lord is, is just right there in, in Galatians 5, 22 and 23, you know, um, but the fruit of the spirit is love, joy, peace, patience, kindness, goodness, gentleness, faithfulness, and self-control. Against these things, there is no law. And this verse shows us that the Lord gives us self-control as a gift because the fruit of the spirit allows the Holy Spirit to guide us so that we do not sin. Right. So there you go. It's definitely mm-hmm. a gift. Yeah. Um, God, you know, just it just shows you right there how awesome, you know, the Lord is to go. Here's your gift. Right. I'm going to give you self-control. Yeah. Um. You know, John fourteen twenty six tells us, but the helper, the Holy Spirit, whom the father will send in my name, he will teach you all things and bring to remembrance all that I have said to you. This this verse here um, is really one that I don't think we've touched on this one before. And I really when I was looking for different verses, I really fell in love with this one here. Um, we receive the Holy Spirit at salvation, which is something that. You know, some people don't realize that I'm finding out more and more when um, I'll be praying with people and they'll be like, you know, they say things and I'm thinking to myself, you know, the spirit's already in us. So we receive the Holy Spirit at salvation and, you know, he teaches us all we need to be taught and helps us remember everything that Jesus said. So it's just a trickle effect from there. We have the Holy Spirit and then we have the fruit of the spirit and then we're taught self-control. Then if we can maintain the self-control then we can live by the rest of the fruit, right? It's progress, not perfection. Mm-hmm. It's just doing better than you did the day before. Yeah. So, you know, don't be. Yeah. That's up. like, uh, you know, right? that's, that's reminds me of my, uh, my diet and exercise plan. I know. <laughs> I'm always starting the next day tomorrow. Like I got this new planner. Did I show it to you? It's a health and fitness planner. So yeah. you can track your diet and your exercise. Okay. No, and I know you love planners, though. Did you see it? I'll show it to you later, but it's it's funny. It's got all these checklists and stuff like that. But, you know, it's it's all about, like, progress, not perfection. But, you know, yeah. if, if we don't get it exactly right today, we just pray that God will give us the strength and, and bring those fruits to our um, in our ability to actually use in the right time and just try to do better. Right. Exactly. And to, you know, that's the thing is we have, we have, we have the ability. We just need to tap into it and, you know, just try to do better tomorrow. Just be a better version of ourselves tomorrow. Progress, not perfection. So um, how can we practice self-control so that we can do it better each day? So there are several verses um, about practicing self-control that will give us a good guide. And here's a few that stood out to me. The first one comes from the book of Proverbs. I love the book of Proverbs. Uh, Chapter three, verses five and six. And it says, trust in the Lord with all your heart and do not lean on your own understanding and all your ways acknowledge him and he will make your paths straight. So I think this is pretty straightforward. Trust, 
You need to trust and depend on the Lord. And when we're being obedient and living in obedience to the Lord, we have self-control. You know, and I think that this this idea of self-control, well, let me read the next verse and then I'll talk about what I was thinking. Um, the other verse I was thinking of is Romans 12, verses 1 and 2. And this says, therefore, I urge you, brothers and sisters, in view of God's mercy, to offer your bodies as a living sacrifice, holy and pleasing to God. This is your true and proper worship. Do not conform to the pattern of this world, but be transformed by the renewing of your mind. Right? You need my life? Okay. Exactly. Then you will be able to test and approve what God's will is, his good, pleasing, and perfect will. So Great verse. Yes. Yeah, it is. It's a great verse. And I think that it really... Um, speaks to the the world of recovery, you know, with mm-hmm. the, all, there's all kinds of different theories about addiction and, and you know, there's all kinds of different addictions. I mean, there's drinking, smoking, gambling, shopping, um, sex addiction, um, codependency. There's all kinds of things, right. That people get wrapped up in um, when they don't, when they don't give enough attention to the divine, to God's will. Right. But the, the thing I was going to say is there's a theory of addiction that says that, um, it's a lack of willpower, basically. So like this theory of willpower, like you should be able to stop, you know, fill in the blank whenever you make that decision. And it's very confusing to the people of, let's say, an alcoholic uh, and their family members to see them continuing to harm themselves, to hurt their bodies, to cause disruption in the household and all of these other things that go along with it. And they, they think that this is a choice that somebody's making that, that they just don't have enough willpower and really, you know, through our Renewed Mind Life course, which is um, in the works right now, which we'll be talking more about in later podcasts, but we show that this is a, the, the theory of willpower is really flawed, you know, because what God says is that we need to be transformed by the renewing of our mind. And we have conformed to a pattern of habits that are harmful. And so the Renewed Mind Life mm-hmm. course will will loop around all of those habits and, and break down those habits that maybe um, can be really simplistic to somebody who doesn't have an addiction, but to somebody who is addicted, it's really important that we take care of the basics, our nutrition, our, our exercise, our mindset, our, you know, breathing, our, our taking time to spend with the Lord, you know, all of these things that other people just seem to do and they get it. And, but when you're stuck in the loop of, of addiction, you don't have willpower. That's not even a you know realistic option. So um, the renewing of your mind must take place if you are to bring that addiction under the the submission, under submission to God, and conform to His will. And that is true willpower. When you're living under God's will, that's power. So when we're transformed and living spirit led lives, mm-hmm. go ahead. Oh, no, exactly. I was just tying that back into about living in obedience. You know, it's all mm-hmm. tied in with that scripture that you read first about having that obedience. And like you right. said, the spirit led life. It's the only mm-hmm. way that's that's the only way to recovery, yeah. because, you know, any other well, way, yeah. I don't believe that it actually you can possibly abstain from your, you know, abstain from your substance or whatever it is of choice. But you're not going to have the quality mm-hmm. of life that you're ever going to truly desire and that God desires for us relationship. Right. Exactly. Yeah. So when we're transformed and we're living spirit led lives, we are living for the Lord and our thinking will change entirely. It's a, this is a physical, mental and emotional change. And when you are living like this, the positive effects will be noticed and people will be drawn to you. 
Um, I'm going to go on to our, the next verse. It's Second Peter chapter 1, verses 5 through 7. And it says, For this very reason, make every effort to supplement your faith with virtue, and virtue with knowledge, and knowledge with self-control, and self-control with steadfastness, and steadfastness with godliness, and godliness with brotherly affection, and brotherly affection with love. Oh, my I goodness. Like, wow. <laughs> just in this verse, I mean, Peter's referring to the growth of a Christian. You can see, like, from, from the progression of, you know, faith, and then it just goes on and on and on. And self-control is right there in the middle, you know. you got to have the faith first, and you got to build up your, your strength with virtue, and then fill your mind with the knowledge of the Lord. And then you will learn self-control, and then you're going to keep doing the right things in steadfastness. And then you're going to become more Christ-like as you're following his, his precepts. And that's going to cause you to love your brothers and sisters. And when you love your brothers and sisters, you're showing true love of God. I mean, it's just a beautiful progression. So that, uh, that Christian walk, it shows that if we want to grow in our Christian walk, we need to work to have these things as they're not all poured into us. Again, here we see self-control. It was said that the word here was the Greek word used for controlling sexual desire. That is something that is part of what we are supposed to control. The entire verse, though, takes self-control to be steadfast. So you can see here that self-control is an underlying tone in many of the verses throughout the Bible, even if the word itself is not used per se, but it's the, the intent. Um, also in first, uh, well, this, that was from second Peter in first Peter chapter five, verse eight, the Bible says, be self-controlled and alert. And some, uh, versions say sober, right? Be self-controlled and sober, mm-hmm. right? Sober minded, yeah. um, be self-controlled yes. and alert. Your enemy, the devil prowls around like a roaring lion looking for someone to devour. Oh, we, we are seriously prey here. Like it's no joke. Like we literally are prey and some of us have you know, a harder time than others with that. But here again, we see the word self-control, which, like I said, in some translations, we see sober, which would be translated to not being drunk, but also a being of sound mind. You know, we can, I can tell you, like we can see, also see without anxiety because anxiety can intoxicate the soul and obsessing over uh, a job or a person, anything that clouds our correct thinking and makes us make poor decisions and not have good judgment, that's that's not being sober-minded, right? So that's where we would see the need for self-control. So, I mean, if you're... I had an example today, like where somebody in a meeting just let their emotions get out of control and it was like, wow, it was, it was illogical. It was um, in an inappropriate reaction and it threw everybody off and... That was just like a clear cut example of somebody not being like drunk with alcohol, but being clouded in their thinking and taking something out of context and making it into something that it wasn't. But if you're alert and rational, then you can see things clearly and you can be better today than you were yesterday. So I'm sure that by now you've noticed there are many words used for self-control, like temperance, restraint, sober-minded, rational, logical, and so forth. So what happens? Yeah, there are a lot of different words. Self-control. Oh, sorry. Good. <laughs> you know, it's interesting. There are a lot of different words used, not just depending on on like the um, translation, but even you can be in one translation of the Bible, and you'll see that even in that one translation, several different words will be used across the different verses. Yeah. Um, so yeah, if you don't have self-control, um, 
you know, there's, there's a lot of different things that could happen. So I thought, you know, I'd take, I'd take this one, (laughs) um, (laughs) since that's been an issue in my life, whether it be my mouth or sometimes just not being nice sinning, um, or I guess I'll I'll just say it wicked and quarrelsome. Um, I don't like those words. It makes me nauseous to even think about how I've lacked self-control, um, at times. Um, you know, that's conviction though. Mm -hmm. Um, Ecclesiastes, um, seven, uh, verse nine, um, that, Seven nine. Be not quick in your spirit to become angry, for anger lodges in the heart of fools. So um, there you go. When you lose control and you are angry, you're acting like a fool. And I can attest to that. You know, um, when I'm convicted or you're convicted, and you're like, "Why did I do that? I feel so foolish for what I've done." And it just like it just lodges in your heart. It gets stuck there, and sometimes it stays. And it takes work to get it out. It, it becomes a resentment, and then if you don't do the, the work, it becomes bitterness. And it just, it gets all messy, mm-hmm. right? So you avoid the entire thing by just having self-control, right? But the, all of this is hindsight um, mm-hmm. because I have some of that messy stuff still inside of me that is, you know, that I'm working to get out. Um, mm-hmm. and, and it's just, it's very, it sucks. <laughs> I don't know how else to put it when, when yeah. you um, have these, you know, la- these, you know, outbursts of, of the lack of self-control. Um, right. Proverbs 29, 11, um, again, a fool gives full vent to his spirit, but a wise man quickly holds it back. Okay. I got it. I acted foolishly. I mean, who wants to be a fool? No one, you know, it, it's, those are just two that I'm putting in here, but there's more, there are several, um, many, a few, no, a few is not enough. Many, several, a lot of mm-hmm. verses in there that talk Plethora. about, yeah. Um, foolishness, you know? Mm-hmm. So if you're looking like, how can I be a fool? Then just, mm-hmm. you know, just go to the Bible and, and you'll find ways of how to act like a fool. Um, you know, not that you'd want to, um, but you know, Romans eight thirteen. for if you live according to the flesh, you will die. But if by the spirit you put to death, the deeds of the body, you will live again. It's pretty straightforward. Don't live a life of sin and you will live be obedient and self-controlled. There's so many verses. Um, there are warnings of what you will happen if you don't have self-control or if you're disobedient or live a sinful life. Mm-hmm. Right. So it's, it's really clear. You know, yeah. so if you're wondering what happens if you lack self-control, you're, you will behave foolishly. You will live, you know, in the flesh. You will continue to sin. You will, you will have a chaotic life mm-hmm. full of sin, full of unhappiness, full of foolishness. And it's just not fun. It's just, um, you know, if, if you have ever read the big book of Alcoholics Anonymous, it talks about being the tornado going through people's lives. That is, that's what it's like to have a full lack of self-control. You are that tornado. And when you are recovered, you should not be that tornado anymore. And, um, you know, so if that's what you are becoming, then it's like, okay, why is this happening? What do I need to clean up? And, you know, Lord help me, Mm -hmm. you know? And lastly, you know, I love this. Here is, is, it's rhetorical. This is a rhetorical question. Why do you think the Lord gave us two ears and one mouth? Well, I'll give you the answer. Because mm-hmm. of James 1, 19 through 20. Know this, my beloved brothers. Let every person be quick to hear, slow to speak, slow to anger. For the anger of a man does not produce the righteousness of God. So, you know, righteousness brings you closer to the Lord. Mm-hmm. Anger grieves the Holy Spirit. Mm-hmm. Right? Yeah. So do you want to be closer to the Lord? Or do you want to grieve the Holy Spirit? Mm. You know, the choice is yours, really. Yep. Wow. So what other areas are important that um, for you to have self-control? Um, 
you know, great. Um, just because you said that you have issues with anger doesn't mean that I have issues in those areas, right? So I'm going to talk about self-control and sexual desire, modesty, and also temptation, self-control in those areas. First Corinthians chapter six, verses 18 to 20 says, flee from sexual immorality. All other sins a person commits are outside the body, but whoever sins sexually sins against their own body. And in fact, our bodies belong to God. Our bodies are temples to the Holy Spirit. And we are also in a relationship with the Lord. We were bought for a price and we cannot be using our bodies for sexual sin. So therefore we must have restraint. If you're not married, you know, you gotta just hold off. If this is something that you're currently doing, please feel free to message us. We would love to pray with you. And I know this is part of Denise's story and she can and will help you. Right, Denise? Yes, I'd love to. I know that sounds like crazy, but um, I mean, it's not part of my current story. It's part of my backstory. So yes, but I would I would love to, to pray with you and help you walk through any of this. So please reach out to us. Yeah. And then in today's society, many women, and especially these teenagers, are sadly, they're not being taught that it's okay to say no. And we need to teach them to have self-control. Um, in First yes. Timothy yes, chapter do. two, verse nine, it says, "Likewise, also that women should adorn themselves in respectable apparel, with modesty and self-control, not with braided hair and gold or pearls or costly attire." This is a great verse. Ask yourself, who are you getting all made up for? Why do you have to have all those <laughs> things? Your beauty should be coming from the inside. If you are loving the Lord and living a spirit-led life. It will be obvious. You won't need outside adornment. Your beauty is going to shine from within. And, um, you know, that's this is something that I heard uh, a long time ago about um, Mother Teresa, right, who did so, so much for so many people I and mean, just blessed people every day. Um, and it was said of her that she's the most beautiful woman. Like people who met her say she's such a beautiful woman. And to look at her, you know, when she was doing all of this work, she was tired. She was, you know, her face had wrinkles and she was kind of hunched over. And, you know, you're like, hmm, she's beautiful. Yeah, absolutely beautiful because she had beauty coming from the inside and, and didn't need to have jewelry. As a matter of fact, when people gave her gifts, she would give them away, you know. Anyway, <laughs> Titus chapter two, verses three through five says older women, likewise, are to be reverent in behavior, not slanderers or slaves to much wine. They are to teach what is good. And so train the young women to love their husbands and children, to be self-controlled, pure, working at home, kind, and submissive to their own husbands, that the word of God may not be reviled. Oh, don't you just love Titus? <laughs> have you ever read Let the Men Be Men and Let the Women Be Women? Have you ever read that book? I have. That's a great yeah. book. That's, yes, I have. It quotes Titus all over that book. So Titus is great because it is all about instruction, like I just read. Older women, like me and Denise... <laughs> <laughs> are supposed to be training younger <laughs> women to be reverent in behavior. And uh, you heard it clearly mentions not slaves too much wine. I always thought that was interesting. Like, did women have drinking <laughs> issues back then? I mean, they must have. It's not really mentioned, although, you know, I have a couple of times, like here caught it in a few verses. So, you know, it must have been something that came up every now and then. So thankfully, we are sober, so we can instruct these young women. <laughs> Phew. <laughs> Thankfully. Um, yes, yes. And then in Proverbs chapter 25, verse 28, says a man without self-control is like a city broken into and left without walls. Wow, that is serious. Do you want to be that man? And, you know, of course, with the, with the Bible, when it says man, it means like mankind, right? So like all of us. 
we all need to have self-control. So take a simile that leaves you with a lasting image. That is a destructive image. So think about that. A city with broken walls is open to every single dangerous attack. It's open to whatever can come in from the outside to destroy the inside. And that's what we are like when we lack self-control. We're like just without borders, without barriers, with no protection. Yeah. Well, for some reason, when I read that verse, I just like a man without self-control is like a city broken into and left without walls. Every time I read that, I just see the incredible Hulk busting up everything. <laughs> bam, 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 <laughs> like breaking this, smashing all the walls. I don't know. And so, yeah, it, I don't know. I just can't get that picture out of my mind. I don't know. Oh, which, which would clearly be lacking self-control. If right. the Hulk went smash, Hulk smash on everything. Hulk smash. <laughs> now I'm going to be thinking about that all night. Um, okay. Well, so then you want to get some self-control over your yeah. thoughts. <laughs> First Corinthians chapter 10, verse 13 says, there hath no temptation taken you, but such as is common to man, but God is faithful who will not suffer you to be tempted above that you are able, but will with the temptation also make a way to escape that you may able be able to bear it. So we need to have self-control and know when we are overestimating or underestimating the temptation. The enemy will try to convince us that the situation is unique to us. It is not. We will never experience anything that has never been experienced before. Been there, done that. Like you're always going to find somebody who's been through that walk, right? The Lord will always give us a way out. We don't need to be lost in despair. We need to be self-controlled. We need to be alert. We need to be open-minded, alert-minded. Open your eyes for the way out. If you are out of control, you may not be able to see the way out. And I can tell you from... Oh gosh, probably was it four, four or five years ago. And I was, I was working with uh, my sponsor and I was, um, you know, having a difficult time and, you know, wasn't able to stay sober. And my sponsor said, why didn't you call me? (laughs) That was my way out. Who was my sponsor back then? I don't know. Yeah. <laughs> so yeah, we, we, we got, you know, we have ways God provides. He's all, he's, oh, pro- yeah. he's providing God. So God provides a way out for us. And um, we just need to be, you know, if we're praying and we're, we're reading his word, we're going to be more apt to see that, you know, if you're not spending time in the word, you're going to miss it. Right. So you need to be feeding yourself with the word of God and with, with prayer spending time with him. Oh, definitely. I know I've mentioned First Corinthians ten thirteen multiple times over the last however many um, podcasts you know we've done, and I just I love this verse. I do every time I read it. I remember so an incident that the conviction was so strong. I, th- I think that that was probably the day um, that the scripture was written on my heart, as it reads in in the Bible somewhere. It talks about um, the verse being written on your heart, uh, which yep. is the irony of that is I don't know what that verse is because apparently that verse has not been written on my heart. (laughs) Somewhere in Psalms. I just remember that I had a choice. I had a choice. I I chose to not have self-control and I chose to give in to the temptation to sin. And there was a clear way out. I just had to leave the house and go to where I was supposed to go. And and I didn't, you know, Mm -hmm. I chose to stay and argue with my husband. I chose to be late to where I was going. And the argument continued for two more days and everyone lost in the end. Mm. There was not, you know, there was not a winner. The Holy Spirit was grieving. I was Mm -hmm. late to my appointment. We were fighting all because of my lack of self-control. And then, you know, we ended up 
um, coming together, our pastor and his wife were, um, we were just meeting with them regularly, like mm-hmm. kind of like as mentors, they were mm-hmm. mentoring us in our new marriage. And, um, and I was trying to justify my behavior and they, that's when they read that scripture and they're like, you had a way out. And I was like, no, I didn't. They're like, why didn't you just leave and go to your meeting? Mm. Wow. Well, you know, I, I, I did find stop that talking first. right now for, yeah, for, I didn't stop talking right now for any other reason other than like, I just sat there like convicted as heck. Like, yeah. Yeah. And I still, I, it just, that was the day that it was written on my heart because I realized, wow, I yeah. did have a way out and I mm-hmm. chose not to take it. Right. Yeah. We, we do that, you know, and like sometimes we'll even know, like, I, I know I have a way out, but I'm not going to take it. Mm-hmm. Like sometimes we, we consciously make that choice. Um, so yeah. Uh, let's see. Let's, let's talk about, think about it. Okay. So if a lack of self-control can destroy a city, what does it do? What can it do to a marriage, to a friendship, to your relationship with your children? right? That awesome thing is that we can repent and be forgiven. Before we were sober, we had a lot of areas that we were lacking in self-control and we were both far from perfect. So as we wrap up with this podcast, we want to leave you with a few things that you can do to help with your self-control. Okay. So we can read the Bible and memorize scripture. Mm -hmm. We can pray. We can get an accountability partner. We can determine areas you can improve in. Ask your accountability partner to point out things you cannot see. Oh, that's real fun. (laughs) Hey, can you help me find my blind spots? (laughs) Pray some more. Um, Ask God to help you improve. um, You know, it's his will. Um, And say the daily declaration and then email us to pray for you and with you. Yeah. So can you think of any other ones to add? I would would say all of those. And, you know, I I think that the main thing is that the, the less devotion that we have to these things like praying, reading our Bible, having accountability partners, godly people that we can come to, you know, the, the less devotion we have to those practices, the greater chances we have of um, losing self-control and being susceptible to temptation and sin. So let's remember our declaration. I will practice my gift of self-control. I will practice my gift of self-control. Practice, just practice. I will practice my gift of self-control. I like that. Mm-hmm. So until next time, I'm Denise. And I'm Cheryl. And don't forget, you, you are loved. Are loved. <laughs> <laughs> we'll figure that out. <laughs> <laughs> One of these days. Thanks for listening to the Renewed Mind Life podcast. We hope you are encouraged and blessed by it. Please like, follow us, and leave reviews wherever you listen to podcasts. You can also follow us on Facebook, Instagram, and Twitter. Visit our website at RenewedMindLife.net to subscribe to devotionals, read our blog, and sign up for more information about upcoming courses. God bless you, and may you be renewed in your mind.